Welcome to Relationships Through the Looking Glass. While here in Wonderland, we're going to discuss topics and share stories to help clear up distorted views of relationships. We provide a safe place for balance and honest conversation. While each episode can help all who listen, the focus will be on the community of color. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to episode nine of Relationships Through the Looking Glass. I am really interested to see how this conversation is going to go. We are focusing on relationships, right? And healing. But sometimes healing might look like you leaving the relationship. So the question we're asking this evening during this episode is when do you know it's time to go? So we're looking at relationships that go beyond the expiration date. We're looking at relationships that don't seem to have any hope for in repair. I will make a caveat. I am not talking about abusive relationships. When we're talking about relationships in this context, physically abusive, emotionally abusive, we're not talking about those types of relationships. Those are absolutely, it's time to go, right? Even if you do circle back around, it would be needed to have some repair. And But that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother discussion. So we're not talking about abuse in this conversation. So we're going to go around. We're going to do our mental health check-in, see how everybody's doing. And then we're going to jump on into the, to the topic at hand. So we're starting with Chris. How was your week, Chris? Week was pretty good. Glad to get that extra hour of daylight. So it's like a lot of good weather turning around. You know, I'm all about that. Okay. Sounds good. That's wonderful. And how about you, Nicole? How was your week, Nicole? Had a very good week. Thank you for asking. Awesome. Awesome. And what about you, Keisha? How was your week? I had a good week. Um, other than that, I were being taken away from my sleep time. It's always hard for me to adjust when that hour is taken away. But other than that, I am having a pretty good week. Outstanding. And I have to agree with the hour being taken away. Being that I'm the procrastinator of the century. Uh, losing that hour, yeah, that kind of sucked. Because that just made me lose my procrastination hour to get stuff done. So, yeah. Other than that, though, we're doing good. We're doing good. Everybody seems to be moving right along. We're going to jump on into the first question. Can you stay in a relationship? And again, this is for you first, Chris. Is it possible to stay in a relationship longer than you should? Yeah, I think it is possible. Now, it all also depends on what other circumstances in it falls, if there are like any kids involved, anything like that. I believe that would cause you to stay and try to kind of make things work longer when the kids are involved. But when you see possibly that relationship is now having a negative effect on the kids, then that's when it's time to walk away from it. Now, if it's just you and somebody else uh, staying longer than you should, I don't know why you would. I know people do, but I can't see myself staying. If it's no, t if it's no type of kids or anything involved, I can't see myself staying in a relationship longer than I should. Good time, not a long time. Okay. Now, unpackaging what you just said. So that's being determined by you, right? What about your partner? So if your partner so comes to you and says, it's a wrap. I don't want to do this. Do you fight for that? Or do you say, okay, well, they are singing that, then I'm going to say it too and just walk out, walk away, walk away. 
Oh, uh, yeah. If, uh, if they felt that way, and they no longer felt like uh, was in good terms, and I may ask a couple questions why, but I'm not going to force somebody to stay somewhere they don't want to be. Okay. All right. So, Nicole, same question. Do you feel it's possible to stay in a relationship longer than you should? I absolutely think it is possible to stay in a relationship longer than you should. And what would determine longer than you should for you? Are there any elements, behaviors from the other person, from you? What would be a signifying attribute to make that determination? Um, Number one is reflecting on how I'm feeling in the relationship. And if I feel not safe or bad or angry or anxious most of the time, like if I feel those sad or angry or anxious more than I feel happy in the relationship, that's an indicator that I got to go. (laughs) So the longer the relationship goes on, the more negative I would feel. So that's for me, how I'm feeling in the relationship would be determined if it's too long or not. Okay. So you can base it based on how you're feeling as it relates to the interaction between you and your partner. Yes. Okay. And how about you, Keisha? Do you feel it's possible to stay in the relationship longer than you should? Or do you have any experience Um, with that? I think so. And yes, of course, I've had the experience. (laughs) It was a strain to stay in a relationship in that particular relationship longer than I needed to stay in it. We both knew that the relationship had pretty much came to an end, but we were trying to hold on. It was more of a strain to stay in it. But yes, it is definitely possible. Yeah, and I have to agree with that. Again, speaking from experience, my issue though is like I'll stay and stay and stay and then once the decision has been made to leave it's such a cutoff right and I don't know if that's based on my Pisces escape nature my Sagittarius escape nature or the fact that I'm an INFJ and we have a tendency to do a door slam where that person is literally dead to us it takes a lot to get to that point but when we get to that point the person is literally a corpse And it's not necessarily based on us being mean. It's more of a self-protection thing. Like, I don't want you coming back into my life because of whatever issue caused us to not be in sync, right? Definitely agree that you can stay in a relationship longer than you should. I do feel that people have different determination factors on what is longer. Like, my longer can be different from Chris's. My longer can be different from Nicole's. My longer can be different from Keisha. So it's an individual process, but I definitely do think that you can stay longer than you should. And that's going to follow up to the next question. So how do you know when it's time to leave? You know, jumping right back to you, Chris, like, how do you know it's time to leave? Be it coming from you internally or any external factors? Oh, when it's time to leave is just when it just becomes too stressful. Relationships are stressful at times but when it's like just a constant and you always feel that constant stress you know when you're with the person and like everything they do 
it bothers you. That's when you just got to be like, look, I just need to cut bait with this. It's not even no longer, I ain't going to say worth it, but it's just you, it just, it puts you in a uneasy feeling. And then that's when you just need to go ahead and just get away and say, hey, look, it's been real, but for my personal sanity, I need to get away. And I think a lot of times people have a hard time doing that. Right. I agree. I agree. And I know, Nicole, you kind of already hinted on this in your in the previous question, but are there any, and you, you were talking about internal factors, but are there any external factors for you as well when you know it's time to leave? I don't know if this would be considered external, but number one for me is if I can't trust you with anything, if I can't trust you as a person or trust your word, then I definitely know that's an indicator that I got to go. And then also like in a romantic relationship, if there's no, any type of relationship, actually, if there's a no emotional connection there, then what are we doing? Like we're no longer (laughs) relating in a positive manner. So lack of trust and no connection are big for me. Okay. Very good. Very good. Definitely things that you have to consider. And what about you, Keisha? Like what elements, internal or external, will be an indicator for you that the relationship has met its expiration date or it's time to leave? Um, definitely just to piggyback off of what she said, when the thrill is gone, <laughs> especially when it comes down to relating, is for me, that would definitely be like an indicator. When you you don't even want to be around this person. You have no desire to call this person or this person call you. Internally, you feel some type of way when this person come around. You know, you don't feel the butterflies anymore. You know, all these are different indicators for me that, you know, this thing is coming to an end. Yeah, yeah. And for me, a lot of it is, when it's not mutually beneficial anymore, when it's one-sided, when you feel you're doing way too much and that person is doing the bare minimum, or when uh, it's just not feeding into you, right? And I always tell people a connection or an interaction either gives to you or takes away. You're either benefiting from it or it's taking away from you. So when if, if it's not mutually beneficial anymore and you feel like you're doing way more than what the person is matching or lack thereof, you have to consider what's really going on here, right? Is there a balance? And then just really thinking about if this person is having you question your self-worth. And that's a big one. If you're with somebody who has you questioning who you are, your self-worth, it's time to really look deeper into that connection and see if it's something that you want, something that you need, or something that could be potentially causing harm down the road. And that's where we're going to talk about the damaging impacts, right? Say you stay in a relationship longer than you should. You're doing way more than what the person is matching. You're doing way more, showing way more than what the person is doing. For whatever reason, the person might have something else going on. They don't have the emotional capacity. They're emotionally unavailable, whatever the reason. What are some of the damaging impacts to that? You know, you know, Chris, so starting with you again, what are some of the damaging impacts to yourself? If you choose to stay in the relationship beyond the expiration date. The main thing is you lose yourself. 
and I knew you spoke a couple times as far as your self-worth. You lose that and you lose the meaning of who you are and what you stand for. And I mean, that has long-term effects on you that it would take possibly years to recover from and get back to your normal self. So I think that's like the main damaging thing or damaging impact I can think of. Also, I think you kind of lose the sense of what's love and what true love is, and you might get a different interpretation of it. And then, like I said, that affects you once you do move on into your next relationship. Okay. Yeah, that that all makes sense. And the same question for you, Nicole, like what are some of the damaging impacts, in your opinion, if someone does stay past an expiration date of a relationship? For me, it's definitely the wasted time, energy, and effort that you could be putting towards a healthy situation and towards yourself. That's sacrificed by remaining in a relationship that is not feeding you or the other person or anybody for that matter meaning like the kids or anybody that's involved in the relationship, you're just missing out on something more healthy. Absolutely. And same question for you, Keisha, like what are some of the potential damage that can be done to you or even to the other person if you choose to stay beyond that expiration date? I think just like what Nicole was saying, it it stops pretty much it's stopping you from moving on to to meet the person that's for you, but it also prolongs the healing process. It's like people don't want to deal with that pain because when you, when the relationship is over, you still got to go through the grieving process. You know, not everybody's ready to deal with all of that. So I think that, uh, you know, hey, it's holding you up for moving forward. Some people may feel like there's nothing else better out there. So they may need to just deal with whatever they, you know, stay with this person because, hey, who, it's nothing else better out there for you. So that's another reason why I think, you know, or hindrance or how a person could be affected. Yeah. And I think Chris mentioned that at the, on the last episode that we had that, you know, some people stay with an individual because they don't want to be lonely, right? Right. Being lonely. But like you said, it could block you from being with somebody that is a healthy match, is a balanced match, but it's a challenge, especially when you look at time spent, right? And for an individual like me who I can't stand wasting time, when you have to look and say, wow, I'm about to walk away from this. Look at all the time that I invested. Is it better to stay and try to figure this out? Like when I I got divorced, like (laughs) one of the bigger issues for me was like, he got me in my good years. Like I had abs. I was still doing gymnastics. Like he got me in my good years. Now I'm all like mid forties and middle age. So it was like a situation of, do you stay and try to figure this out or do you leave because you know, it's not healthy. So it's definitely something that you have to process, but you have, and you have to make the decision for you. You can't have other people coming in and telling you it's over. You can't have other people dictating what you do in your relationship. Obviously the the decision would have to come from you. So looking at the impacts of staying too long, the flip of that coin, you know, Chris, what are the benefits of leaving? Even though you might've put a lot of time in, even though, you know, 
you love this person, even if you have kids together, what are still what are some of the benefits for actually still saying I'm still going to leave? There, I would say there's a lot of benefits from it. I know I've and I know we've probably all seen people when they left a situation, a bad situation, bad relationship. And then they look almost like a brand new person. Um, they, they look, they're like skin is clear. They just look almost there, like they're taller. They might lose weight. They just feel as though a different person because they don't have that burden of being in that bad situation. So it's almost like it's a new person. I've been in situations where I've heard guys say, oh, she waited until we broke up until she wanted to get bad. And I was like, dude, you might have been what was bad for her. And she got rid of you, and now she on the come up. And you can't get mad at that because that's just how it is sometimes. That's right. That's right. Speak from experience. Absolutely. And what about you, Nicole? What are some benefits of leaving when a, when a relationship has met its end point, the final chapter? What are some of the benefits of leaving versus staying? Uh, for me, it was growth and clarity. I've been in relationships that were, I should have ended a long time ago. And even though we got back together in that split, I was able to figure out, okay, what am I getting from this relationship? What are the benefits during the time that we were separate? And it was like, why do I want to be back in it? And it helped me evaluate why or how I wanted to be in the relationship or not. And then eventually ended the relationship altogether. And I found so much self-love and growth after the relationship that it was more beneficial to separate permanently than doing the back and forth or just remaining in an unhappy relationship. All right. All right. And Keisha, what, in your opinion, are some of the benefits of leaving? And again, you know, a lot of people might be listening and saying, you know, We've been married for such and such a time. We have kids together. We have a business together. We have these investments together. You know what I'm saying? It's not as easy as it might seem, as we're saying, and I'm fully aware of that. Like, I'm fully aware walking away from a relationship with a whole bunch of other layers of complications can be a challenge. So if you were speaking to somebody who said, look, we have kids. Look, we have businesses. Look, we have investments. Look, we have, you know, ABC, like, what could you tell them about still what would be still some benefits of leaving all of that interaction behind? I've been there. I would say one, having a peace of mind. And I can just remember just from my own personal experience after my divorce, just laying in my bed and just being at peace, just having a peace of mind. And it is challenging when kids are involved. Children know that you're not happy. You can try to fake the funk as much as you want to. Your kids know that you're not happy. And in my situation, it was a great idea, you know, to, in that separation, you know, in that divorce, my kids, it was benefiting for my children too, for so many different reasons. Of course, you know, they dealt with, you know, parents not being together, but it was still so much more benefiting. My daughter was dealing with her own personal, you know, she deals with depression and she was under the roof of me and I'm a therapist and I didn't catch it. And a lot of it was stemming from what was going on in the household. So just being out of that relationship, though she wasn't the reason why that relationship came to an end, 
but I'm watching her blossom and, you know, she got into therapy. You know, a lot of people stay in these relationships, especially when it comes down to kids and you're thinking you're doing it for the for your children. But sometimes it's not even the best thing for your kid. Uh, on top of having a peace of mind, I would say that. And then, Chris, just to piggyback on what you were saying, I know many times with women, I've been there too. It's like somewhere in the midst of your crying and feeling sad while you're getting over that person, you just... You, recon you start reconnecting with who, who you are at this point in life. And then that's when you, your spark comes back and it's like, you know what? I'm about to work on me. I'm about to do this. I'm about to do that. And that's what's reflecting when the ex see them on social media and like, oh, now she doing this and doing that. A lot of, sometimes it is to make them jealous, but a lot of times it's because that woman is reconnecting with herself and she's beginning to feel good about herself and so it's showing absolutely okay yeah but to follow up on what you were saying keisha when women do go to like on uh, posting those things on social media they need to be posting that for and a lot of times women do that for themselves some of them do it for the guy but given some given that person, that energy, they're not even worth that. And you're not really moving past. So if you're going to do it for you, then make sure you're doing it for you. Not you per se, I but agree. anybody. Absolutely, I agree. And it's definitely something that when I'm working with clients, I tell them that. Who were you before the relationship? Who were you? And it's unbelievable how many times, what do you mean? And I'm like, who were you before the relationship? Because when you join in union with somebody, your persona changes. You know, even if we're a crazy independent, there's going to be changes to your behavior. So I'll go into a simplistic type of explanation or, or a question like, okay, what was your favorite song before you met this person? What did you do for fun before you met this person? Who were the people that you hung out with and spoke with before you met this person? Who were you before the relationship? Because a lot of times people lose themselves, can lose themselves in a relationship. And then once that relationship ends, I don't know who I am anymore because I'm separate and apart from this entity that I was for so long. So finding out who you were and then, you know, following up with what Nicole said, finding that self-worth again, your personal growth. And what Keisha said, finding out who you are, remembering who you are. And peace of mind for me is, that's paramount. If I don't have peace of mind, then nothing I do is going, is going to work. Nothing I do is going to be successful. You know what I'm saying? So peace of mind, self-worth, remembering who you were before the relationship and focusing on that. And Nicole, you want to tell Mad something? Yeah. So what I've been exploring is definitely, like you said, who were you before the relationship, that current relationship, but then also going back further, like who were you before your wounding or your life experiences changed who you are? And are you living out of who you are authentically or are you li living out of your wounds, like your conditioning from what the outside world has told you? So during that time of separation, it's definitely getting back to who you authentically are before all the wounding, before you were hurt by what somebody said, before what the world told you you should be. Who's that person? Get back to that person. 
Right, right. And not to say for people listening, you know, relationships are an amazing thing, but it's supposed to bring value. It's supposed to bring self, you know, exploration. And if you're in a connection that's doing the opposite, then you definitely need to take time to refocus, reconsider, reevaluate what's going on. And looking at, this is going to be a little exercise here, starting with Chris. So if you stay or leave, let's look at your personal growth, right? We It's kind of easy to say, okay, if I leave, these are the great things that are going to happen. But looking at personal growth, we're going to play devil's advocate here. I know some people don't like that phrase, but I'm saying it. I don't care. So we're playing devil's advocate here. So if someone says, I'm going to stay, I'm going to push through and work this out. What's some impacts? What's some positive impacts? What's some personal growth positive impacts if you choose to stay? I feel like if the two people are genuine, like one is open to receiving information about what the problem truly is and willing to work on it, then I feel like the relationship can continue to grow and, you know, go on a positive trajectory. But it does take both people to be willing to communicate willing to receive the information and then also to work together as a team or as a unit or as a couple towards the common goal of growing through this challenge or growing through this problem and becoming better and more connected on the other end. So if they're both willing to, I think it actually could work out. Okay. Those are very good examples. And Keisha, what same question of somebody you're talking to and they're like you know what i hear what you're saying but i think i'm gonna try to stick this out i think i want to see if we can make this work what are some positive impacts that can happen as it relates to that and that person's personal growth it could get better shucks they probably learned some things about themselves that that's been impacting the relationship and you know can start working together more so i would think the positive from it would be that the odds is it may get better. The relationship may get better. They may be able to save it. Okay. Okay. It seems like you and Nicole both agree with that. Chris, same question. What could be some positive impacts for choosing to stay and try to work something out? The positive, I can see as long as you can, each individual can kind of talk about it and let me know like what's going on and you're able to speak freely of it and move, I don't say move past it, but grow from that, then it could be better. But if it's just, you find yourself in that constant loop of it's the same cycle every week, every month, then you're just basically running in place. Right, the hamster wheel, the hamster wheel, right? And I agree with everybody. If it's able to be fixed, if both people are wanting a resolution, if both people are in it for the right reasons and want to do the work, there's some benefit there because the best teacher is conflict. You don't really learn a lot of stuff when things are going amazing. You really don't. Uh, You learn the most when you're in the valley, not when you're on the mountaintop. So A lot of times you learn so much about yourself just by going through conflict, how you navigate the conflict and come out on the other end. So there is benefit in regards to that. But again, what reason are you doing it for? That's the question, right? And then you have to figure out what are your deal breakers? What are your 
there's no way we're coming back from this versus yeah this pissed me off you keep doing it but i'm willing to say okay let's figure out what way to do this or i'm doing something that pisses you off and i've kept doing it but let's figure out a way to work around it because i value the relationship more than holding on to this space of just discontent so if you had to have a list right the list of nope i'm walking away from this and the list of this is a potential we could maybe we can work around it what would those be for each of you and since chris seems like he's sounding okay right now we're gonna throw it to chris first if you had a list and one list was like absolutely not i'm walking from this right now no talk no pasco versus yeah this don't feel good but i'm willing to put some work in some of that i would say of course peace if someone if you bring in peace to me and I feel peace around you, then okay, that's fine with me. But soon as like you disturb the peace, I'm like, man, it's, I can't compromise my peace. I'm, what are I'm some behaviors a- that can disturb the peace? What are some behaviors? Just um, constant like negativity and being pessimistic about things. And it can't, it, it might not even be things that's affected me. If someone is always complaining about their day at work or somebody that they work with or a relative or a friend and it's always negative and I'm like, dude, I don't want to hear that. Like, I don't, I don't even want to hear that. Don't bring that to me because I'm not even, it'll get to a point where you sound like Charlie Brown teacher. I'm not even hearing what you're saying. But you're and the partner. Like, like, okay, if I if you were my partner and I'm having a crappy day at work, and I need to talk to somebody, like, you're going to be like, I want to hear that. See, no, no. see, everyone have bad days. Everyone have bad days. But it's like, if you constantly having bad days and you're having bad situations with everybody, you might need to look in the mirror and it may be you because it can't be everybody has a problem with you. Like, you are the constant in that. So that's what I'm saying with that. Now, I understand, like, sometimes we have those bad days where at the end of the day, we need that person, that shoulder to lean on and that ear to talk into. And a lot of times we may not even want a uh, resolution. We just want somebody to listen to it. But then to have to constantly listen to that, then it's like, I can't. So basically a malcontent, somebody who just... Squidward, Squidward energy. You know, SpongeBob, Squidward. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I digress. So that that's one of your deal breakers, right? That's one of that's one that's a behavior that you just can't deal with. Can't deal with that. Are there any other ones? No, I think that's just the main. That's the major one. I'm a pretty simple person, so that that right there is a major. (laughs) That's a major. I can't do this. Okay, so what are some behaviors that you were like, okay, I don't like this, but if you're do- if you're down to work on it, we can work on it. No, I, see, I don't know, I, I, and maybe that's why I'm by myself because this is like that compromising stuff. I don't know. I'm still working oh, on it. Oh, you know. Yeah, like I, I don't want to feel. Should you comp? Well, oh, okay, not should you. How much should you compromise yourself in? a relationship 
Because a lot of times, then you end up compromising yourself to losing yourself. That's a good question. So we're going to toss that ball on Nicole since she's next. Kind of looking at, keep that question in the back of your mind, Nicole, because I like that question. So I'm going to circle it through everybody. But what are some behaviors that are from the jump? There is no, there's no talking about it. It's just done. Like I'm walking away from this. There's no talking about it. We're not going to try to fix this versus behaviors that I don't really like the way this feels. It feels icky. But if the other person's really re- ready to put in and willing to put the work in, we'll do the same. Oh, that's um, a lot of mine have to do with boundaries. So I've created boundaries to keep my needs safe and keep myself safe. A lot of times it's the compromising of my boundaries, my values, my trust, things like lack of communication, or if they are reckless with my emotions or or like disrespectful. Those are definitely like, I know that I definitely will check out and I'm not really willing to compromise on something like disrespect or the trusting. It's kind there's not really like a gray area for me. Like I trust you or not. Those types of things would definitely be in a hard path. As far as behaviors that are I might want to work through, if I can understand why you're doing it, I think I'm more willing to compromise with the behavior just because I know I have some weird quirks too, and I'm willing to compromise or explain why I do these certain things. So I, I can't think of like, maybe an example would be... Um, the person likes to be called before five o'clock in the morning, like something ridiculous where I'm not even up at five o'clock in the morning, but yet you want me to call. If it's important to you, you'd like to hear my voice before you go to work or whatever the case may be, then yeah, that's something that I would do. And I'm not going to cut off the relationship because it's not bending who I am. It's just asking me to do something that's makes them feel, you know, more secure in the relationship. Okay. And then the Chris question, the magic question, how much is too much when you talk compromise? So Chris is, Chris says he has an issue with compromising because, you know, what, when is too much? When do you lose yourself? Okay. So the first thing is to know who you are. Like you got to have a backbone against your morals, your boundaries, your values, those sorts of things. Once you've established that, you know you're not going to compromise those things because that's genuinely who you are. That's like asking you to change your skin. That's definitely not going to happen. However, when you are asked to compromise, it's not giving up something that is who you are, is ingrained in who you are. It's probably asking you to compromise a behavior. And then at that point, it's better to reevaluate the behavior. Like, why do you do the things that you do? Is it because you're doing it because you were hurt one time and it triggers you. Okay. That's something you should work on. Is it like, why does the compromise make you feel uncomfortable? That would definitely be a conversation that needed to be had between all parties. And Chris, when you said compromise yourself, I don't, that's never okay to compromise who you are. And if a partner is asking you to compromise who you are as a person, then I would definitely reevaluate the relationship because, you know, you got into the relationship knowing who I am. Why are you now asking me to compromise who I am? So I don't know. It's a differentiation between who you are and the behaviors that you do. Cool. Thank you. And Keisha? 
Same question. Like, what are your pots of behaviors that is a no-go? Absolutely. Absolutely not. I'm walking. And then the behaviors that I don't like the way it makes me feel, but if the other person's ready to put in the work, I can do it too. And then Chris's magic question, his pop-up question. I'll start with Chris one first. Compromising is off the table for me when it's to the point where the person I am, who I am, no longer exists because of the level of compromising that's, you know, requested on my behalf. I think if a person has to compromise that much, where they're not even, they're not even operating like who they really are anymore, you know, your likes, your whatever, then definitely that's a flag or indicator that this is not the person for you. I don't think you should have to compromise to that point. Now, I think in any relationship, there is a level of compromising that has to take place. You got two different people that you're putting together. And yes, you know, it's going to have to be some give and takes, you know, but if it's to the, that point, then no, that's not the person for you. I don't think. Good answer. Good answer. Now, what about behaviors? What are the behaviors that you're like? Absolutely not. And then the ones that you're like, I don't like it. I don't like the way this feels, but if the other person's really willing to do the work, I'll do it too. If the behaviors are making me feel, you know, like it's making me question my trust in that person. If I'm not as confident in that person and making sure that they're doing their, what they're supposed to do as far as being my partner, you know, that's kind of, you know, it'll make me question it. And on the flip side of that, I guess some positives or something that I'll feel like, okay, yeah, I can work on that. You know, they pinpoint some stuff that's going on with me. And, you know, pretty much I try to do, you know, my self examination to see, okay, Keisha, you know, what they're bringing to you, is this something that you see to be true? Honestly, you know, if it's, I don't know, you change your nail polish too much or whatever. I'm just using just a, a crazy example. All right, is this true? You know what I'm saying? Is it something that you can, you know, you feel okay with compromising with just to kind of, you know, work on a relationship and stop whatever conflict is going on in that area? You know, that was just a simple thing as nail polish. Of course, you know, most of the time when compromising is coming forth, it's way more than nail polish audience, okay? If it's something like that, then yeah, I'd be willing to, take it in consideration, but it's going to take work on both behalf to say, yeah, okay, is this something that I can do to, am I willing to do to help my relationship to grow, be more positive, to save the relationship, or am I not willing to do it? And if two people come to the point where they're just not willing, then, you know, it's time to, you know, let this thing go. You got to cut the ties. I agree. I agree. And I think for me, if my non-negotiable, my I'm walking and I don't care what you got to say, if we're in a committed relationship and you smash somebody else, like there's no coming back from that. You've put your whole organ inside a whole nother person. I'm not dealing with it. Again, that, that f- focuses on trust, that focuses on respect and so many other things, right? So not coming back from that. If you have me come out of character, like I'm not who I've been. And the best determination is like your closest friends and family saying, you're not the same person you were. 
in a bad way. Like growth is a good thing. As you grow, you're not going to be the same person you were. And that's a good thing. You should not look at yourself and be like, 10 years from now, I want to be exactly the same. You're doing something wrong. Growth is an ongoing thing. But if your behavior changes for the negative, that's something that you're going to have to, to look at. Another thing for me is, and I know this is not about abuse, but any type of abusive behavior, it doesn't have to be physical. Anything that has me questioning my worth, and if it's ongoing, and if I spoke about it, and we talked about it, and you continue to do it, like, I can't do that, because now I'm being abusive to myself for allowing it to happen. And I tell people that all the time, what you allow, you choose. What you allow, you choose. And there has to be a level of responsibility and accountability to say, this person keeps doing this. It's not always that person's fault, because if you allow it, you're choosing that to happen. And there has to be some self-evaluation where that's concerned. Now, everything else, I'm pretty open to conversation about. I'm a pretty flexible person when it comes to conversations about relationships, but it just has to make sense. If it doesn't make sense to me, I can't back it. I can't support it. So it has to make sense. I'm not saying I need a paper with resources and all this other stuff but I need it to make sense. I, so a lot of behaviors I'm like, I'm really cool with versus what I just discussed. And now to go back to Chris's question, <laughs> compromising can be a slippery slope, right? Because you don't want to lose yourself in the compromise. You absolutely don't. But at the same time, you have to have some flexibility when you're dealing with a whole nother human. Like it can't be your way all the time. I'm sorry, Chris. It can't be your way all the time. And I know for me as a control freak that I'm working on, I'm not perfect. That's a challenge, right? Because it's like, if you would just do it my way, things will be great. Life doesn't work that way. So there's where the compromise comes in. So I, I kind of want to, I know we're closing in on our hour, but I kind of want to unpackage that with Chris one more time. Like you say, you're not into compromise. Do you think it's more about control? For you, because I know for me, it's more, it's a control thing, but I'm learning to release it. So for you, do you think it's more about control of the situation or you just don't want to put time into compromising? I think it does have a little bit more for us control, not saying that I'm controlling, but it's more so, I just feel as though if, if someone asks you to do a little bit, and then people always want to want more. And then that's just human nature. You always want to want more. So it's like, okay, if you compromise one thing and you give in to one thing, then that's all it's going to do is just open it up for something else and then something else. And then you just have to say when enough. So it was like a power struggle for you then. So if I say, Chris, I need this to happen at least once a week. And you really don't like to do whatever it is I'm asking you to do once a week. What makes me happy as your partner, you're still going to be like, screw this? It all depends on what that one thing is. Once a week, no, okay, all right, cool, whatever. All right, once a week. But then if you come back, you'd be like, hey, then we said once a week. What about maybe twice? And then it's like, come on, man, like I'm, I'm giving this to you on the one, one once a week. Like then it comes more. And then, and that, that's where I get to the point where it's like, when is enough? I'm trying to get, I'm working on it. Though. I'm working on it. 
I'm on the same boat. My, my, my issue is control. I can compromise, but my issue stems from control issues and my control issue stems from my anxiety issue. So my, mine is layered and I'm aware of it and I'm working on it. But Nicole ha- wants to add something into the conversation too. Um, with the discussion of control coming up and getting in my emotional intelligence bag, the underlying emotion of control is fear. And so people are acting out of control, wanting to control the result or the situation or the person because they are fearful of something. And so I think it's important for people, if they do find themselves wanting to control a situation, a person, anything other outside of themselves, with themselves, but we're talking in relationships, so specific to relationships, I think they need to tap into what the true fear is and then do the work to heal whatever that is. Like, why are you so fearful that you're unable to release the control of the situation? Tap into that. And then once the work is, because I don't feel like the work is ever done, but once you are in the process of working and recognizing and increasing your awareness of why you're so fearful, I think it'll be easier to release the control and allow it to be a more flowy situation as opposed to like a hard, hard, I need to control the situation. If that makes sense. Yep, it makes sense. And with that, and I know the compromise that was just a little moments are when people have a conversation that changes the perspective if you know alice in wonderland when she ate the mushroom it changed her height changed her perspective so thank you chris for our mushroom moment (laughs) you like that don't you but that's where we're going to come to an end on this conversation but before we close it out i just want you guys to give a word of advice suggestion on somebody who might be on the fence and looking at the relationship and saying, should I stay or should I go, right? What beneficial information or suggested advice could you give them to make that decision easier? Starting with you, Chris. I would say just talk to your partner, your significant other. Just talk about a lot of things can be resolved just by talking. I know it sounds simple and it sounds like hey, all you got to do is talk, but sometimes just having a five, 10 minute conversation can alleviate any issues, headaches, and it can, you can get a better understanding of where things are. Hey, you might have that five, 10 minute conversation and then you realize that, and then both times, you, uh, both people get to the point where it's like, hey, I, we might need to go our separate ways. And you come to that conclusion together. But just talking it out rather than just uh, being past aggressive. Yeah, that's good. That's a good word of advice. How about you, Nicole? You have a somebody who's listening right now who's on the fence. They need, they're trying to figure out if they should stay or if they should go. What word of advice would you pass on to them to listen to? Uh, if you are on the fence and have already tried to have a conversation with your partner and you still aren't sure if you should stay or go, nothing is ever permanent except death. So you can end the relationship and take time apart to figure things out instead of holding on to the relationship and making things more ugly. Like it would be more advantageous to end the relationship 
And truly, if it was supposed to be, you will come back together and hopefully you'll come back together with more insight and more growth and you won't be the people that were in the unhealthy relationship once you come back together. So I would say, you know, have a conversation with your partner and if you're still on the edge, then end it. It won't, it might not be permanent. You still have the ability to work on yourself and figure it out. Awesome. Good, great advice. And how about you, Keisha? Somebody who's sitting on the fence right now listening, what would you tell that person? Just to add on to what both of Chris and Nicole, you know, just stated, I think it's possible in, gosh, I'm getting tongue twisted. Excuse me, y'all. I think if you should take a time out, possibly, just to examine it, see if this is something that you really want to do. The communication definitely is key. A lot of times when people are not getting along, instead of communicating with each other, they communicate with their friends or Unfortunately, they add somebody else new in who has a good listening ear, which causes another issue too. So I think having that level of communication and then if you're still on the fence, then take a time out, you know, take a time out to see, you know, if distance is going to, you know, grow the heart. What did it say? Distance away makes the heart grow fonder or something like that. the heart grow fonder. Yeah, you know, that might be key. Maybe it's time to just take a little break. Communication <laughs> is my my uh, word of advice. You have to communicate. Second, get out of your head. Like, you have to get out of your head. And that's another part of the communication. If you were in a relationship by yourself, it's one thing. But when you have a whole nother person, a whole nother human that's in this relationship, you being your, in your head and looping everything over and over again, you're not going to get any additional feedback, right? So I know Keisha said, don't be bringing other people in. But sometimes if you have a really trusted friend who's going to be honest with you, who's going to give you a different opinion, who might even be able to facilitate a conversation, that's cool. Just the gossiping friends you don't need. The gossiping ones are Girl, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Those types you don't need. If you have a true blue, it might not be, it can be your mom. It could be, you know, a family member. But bottom line is to get out your head. Get out your head, talk. Everybody has been saying the same thing, communicate. And then when you have both parties at the table, both people, you know, telling each other what their grievances are, is it something that can be fixed, worked on? If not, you know, if you choose to take a break or end it permanently, both of you are making that decision together. So that's uh, that's my two cents. If the other person doesn't want to talk, you kind of already have your answer, though. You know, you can't fix the situation by yourself when it's a two people situation. So with that being said, that concludes this episode. I would love to hear any feedback that any of you might have who are listening. You can definitely check us out on our website www.thelookingglass.fans or our instagram or our facebook and we're gonna be back next week so you guys as always take care stay safe be well <laughs>